Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation, the podcast to support your spiritual revolution. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I'm joined by Mary Beth Decker. Mary Beth is an intuitive animal communicator, medical intuitive, and energy healer. And she's the founder of sacredgrove.com, where people and pets heal and connect. She works with pet guardians who dearly love their animals yet face tough issues. She uses her intuitive animal communication and energetic healing skills to address animals' physical, emotional, and behavioral issues. You're going to really love this episode, particularly if you're an animal lover, and I know many of you are. Recent guests like Reverend Karen Cleveland in episode 281 and Lisa Tully in episode 291 created a lot of chatter as listeners expressed how much they loved that content. I always love to hear from you, so thank you so much to those who did let me know that. And in this episode, we talk a lot about dealing with the transition of our pets out of this life, which is such a difficult and important time. We also share stories about how pets who are about to enter our lives have shown up in dreams. And Mary Beth shares ways to help further develop your own intuition to deepen your connection with your pet. So we'll dive into that in just a moment. First, I want to introduce you to a fantastic service I've started using that I'm really excited about. Quantum Upgrade delivers a high-frequency quantum field into your life to harmonize your energy, balance your body, boost performance, and shield yourself from harmful EMF frequencies. It's a scientific, researched-backed way to bring much-needed quantum into your life. I've really noticed a difference since I started using this. It's simple to use, but it's not so easy to explain, so use the link in the show notes and get your free 7-day trial to feel it for yourself. I'm so excited to experience the cumulative long-term benefits that we talk about in the recent episode that I had with the CEO and founder of Quantum Upgrade. So use the link in the show notes and try Quantum Upgrade for yourself. And now enjoy this episode. So welcome, Mary Beth. I'm so happy to be with you today. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much, Kira. So why don't we start by talking about this intuitive work with animals? How did you get into this? I love the story. I've told it so many times, but it's just so great. The bottom line is my animals, my dogs, I had dogs at the time, started communicating with me. And I had decided to do some massage and start to learn massage and then took some uh, courses in energy healing, including Reiki. And somewhere along the way, my dog, Timmy, showed up as I was cooking dinner for the kids. And he had passed. So I got to be very clear about that. And he's oh, sitting wow. in my dining room and he looks like he's there. It's not like the ghost. And, okay. Thing. So okay. you're seeing him with your physical eyes just like when yes. he was alive. Yes. And you, I don't, that doesn't hit. I wish it happened. I think I wish it, ha- it would happen more, but. <laughs> like, be careful what I wish for. I don't know. Yeah, Do I wish for that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a friendly dogs. I love, yes. Um, but it was like he was sitting right there looking at me. Thank you for making sure I'm clear. He's such a cute guy. He had one ear up and one ear down, just Aww. like when he was alive. Big grin, tongue out. And I, my eyes went from the stone to the dining room, and I said, Timmy. And, and then he was gone. Wow. And how long had he been gone by that time? Um, let's see. He'd been gone. Let's see. Who was in the house by that time? Oh, uh, probably a couple of years. Wow. It's been a while. And so I really attributed to the energy work that kind of 
opened something up for me. And maybe they, I believe that probably many of our animals have been waiting for that opening. And I just got to have that with him. I also have to say this about that split second connection. I knew he survived that. So I know, I've known this to be true for many animals that I've contacted. Um, he was happy. He was delighted and thrilled. And he took the time to go back and tell me all this. It was like, Aww. what a good guy. But I don't think that's abnormal. I think that says a lot about animals in the afterlife. Wow. I love that. It's, it's amazing how difficult it is to have a pet pass. If you're not an animal person, I think that people think like, oh, your dog died. You know, oh, that's too bad. But, you know, it's not like niche. it was a person. Yeah. yeah. And it's so, it can be so heartbreaking. I remember when my Lucy, my dog Lucy died about five years ago. And I just was amazed at how much space she took up energetically. Because my house isn't tiny. It's not like I live in a one-bedroom studio or something and we're always tripping over each other type of thing. But I just felt like she was missing everywhere, like everywhere. It was January and I had to open the windows because I just felt like I had to, like, I needed stuff to move in. I needed, like, I just needed air to come in. I just felt so, almost so much like pressure in reverse. I don't even know how to say it, but it was just like, she just took up so much space and it was, I mean, energetically. And it was like, it, I, I've lost a lot of pets, you know, just because I'm middle-aged and I've always had pets and it's just so heartbreaking. So what a gift yeah, that he and, came and back. I know exactly what you're saying. Cause we lost, uh, we had five animals, two cats and three dogs last year. And three of them left two dogs and a cat left within five weeks. Oh, oh my God. So, uh, I say, don't ever tell anybody, you know, get over it. It's just a dog. It, the kind of relationship those of us who have with our, that have that with our, our animals, it is so spiritual. It's not funny. There, there is a connection that although we strive for it with our human lovely people, <laughs> we get a, we get that connection so much more often with our animals. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, the joy of being together, the joy of just hanging out, watching them do fun stuff, doing fun stuff with them. Yeah, it's really like it activates a different part within us that is difficult to reach any other way. That is true. That is true. That Because I believe they exhibit many times it feels like unconditional love. Mm -hmm. you know, we strive for that as humans, but that doesn't happen very often or yeah. as often as we'd like. Okay. We try. We do. Yeah. And we'll do a pretty good job of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So tell us what do you mean by animal communication? Thank you for asking. Um, for me, it is a telepathic connection between my, so I will say my mind and the animal's mind. And when people hear that, sometimes they think that it's all word. But if you think the brain takes in information and, and processes it in many ways, so you can hear, 
you can see, you can smell, you can touch, you can feel. So for me, the telepathic communication can include all of that. And so that somehow we can send information and we can receive information. And it's not coming through our open eyes, generally, <laughs> not for me. Mm -hmm. it, there's the brain waves, what one might call it. Some, there's an electrical connection, you could call it as well. And, and so it's receiving and sending of information without, without using cues from the physical world. Like you don't have to look at them. You don't have to touch them. Mm. I work with somebody who was, when I started, she was in Switzerland. She's now in Thailand and her dog is in Canada and I am in Virginia, the U.S. Oh, wow. So it doesn't matter because we're, you know, she and I are talking over Zoom, but to be sure I am not talking to the dog over Zoom. Yeah. We're doing a telepathic connection. And so what is that like for you? You mentioned all the different senses and that it's not necessarily like words, but how would you receive communication from, let's use that example of the dog in Canada um, with the owner in Thailand. So what is that like? How does that change from your normal thought patterns when you tune into that dog? Don't, I never know how it's going to come through. So I'm open for what comes through easiest generally for me is probably emotions and physical symptoms, like the feelings that come in the body. But there are also visuals that may come through. If you ask a question, if I ask a question, how are things doing? How are you doing with your, he's living with her aunt and uncle. And I see the shore, I see the dog walking by the shoreline and very happy. And I find out that they live by a lake. And I feel the happiness and it's like, yeah, I told this woman, he's happy. He's doing well with them. Other times I will hear words, uh, some visuals. Let's see what else. And I say feelings. So usually it's feelings, visuals, words. It's sometimes it's a knowing. I think a lot of people have experienced that where they just know something to be true. Uh, and they can't explain it any other way. So that, that's another possibility that and comes through pretty often with me. Mm hmm. Yeah. So can anybody do this? I guess is the first question. Yes. Thank you for asking. If you've heard my story, what I told you that I the kid, my, think I was in my late 40s or early 50s. So I figure if my joke is a naval officer, retired naval officers can do it. Anybody can. There are texts about that. And I'm a retired naval officer. Uh, but more truly, we are all wired for telepathic connections. Uh, it's just tuning in and figuring out how to receive and notice what we're getting. And the other part is, I believe our animals are already doing it. Have you ever had your dog or cat just stare at you like, why don't you understand what I'm telling I can't yell it any louder. Um, yeah. So the answer is, that was a long answer for, yeah, you can, yeah. You can learn. So how would somebody go about learning about how to do this? I, so you usually find somebody to help you learn, somebody who's already doing it. Like I teach a, the Connect class, and you get put in a situation where you get, you receive information for your logical brain, because your logical brain has to come on board, or else it's always saying, you made that up. You already knew that. That's ridiculous. So you, 
That's my way of teaching. You have to bring in stuff for the logical brain. And then you do practice with either your own animals or with other people's animals. Usually, usually you have to do that in a group setting. And that's why there are teachers out there, me included, that teach people how to connect with their animals or connect mm-hmm. with animals in general. So it's practice and knowledge. And then you begin to get trust in yourself. That's great. What would be, do you have any like basics or low-hanging fruit if somebody wants to explore this? Yes, thank you. Yeah, I do. What I've noticed is there's like a really useful equation that works for, for a lot of people. And this is in the sharing object. So I will try to talk about listening. But the sharing is... If you can visualize in your brain, like a memory, it doesn't have to be eyes open, something you want to share with them. And then you imagine that they're really getting it. And you also maybe will think the words and then you'll have an emotion. And that is a great tool for sending. I I can give an example. My, My dog, Stella and Tibor, they would rush the front door when people came in. They wanted to greet them. What I started to do is say, like in my mind, I would say, we need to give people a little room. And I show them they need to walk up the stairs to get in the house. And I showed Stella and Tibor that it would be great if they jumped on the couch. And it, now I'm picturing Stella jumping on the couch because we're couch. Dogs on couches are fine, so we can't. And uh, then the feeling of, oh, thank you so much. Now I can bring this lovely person in. So I got the picture in my mind. I imagine I'm sending it to her. I'm using some words and I'm using emotion. I don't know. I'm putting my fingers up. I don't even know how many things that is. The way I knew that it worked was that she would do it and then she would look at me directly in the eye with the speaker and like, I did good, didn't I? I'm like, yes, thank you so much, Della. It's a look for, and actually look for something that tells you they got it, whatever it it might be. Mm. Okay. I love that. And the receiving is the, is actually a little bit harder for a lot of us because you have to maybe ask the question and let your imagination give you that very first piece of information, however it comes in and trust that that's real, no matter what it is. I'll give another example because I think examples are very fun and useful. This was a client I was working with, and we they wanted to know what the dogs, what are the dogs' favorite things are. And all of a sudden, I got quiet, and I feel like I'm eating something white and chewy, and it's sweet, and it's not too big. And I start describing it in my head. I'm thinking, this is a marshmallow. I don't know. I have never met one dog that loves marshmallows. I said, and I just, so I described it. They said, marshmallows? I said, yeah, my dog loves marshmallows. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, even if it doesn't seem to make sense. That or trust. you think you already know it, trust, trust what you're getting. Yeah. Well, Mary Beth, I would love to know how did you go from being a naval officer to this work? It does seem to be a leap from one side of the spectrum to the other. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a question I've asked as well. Think of, like all of us, there we are intuitive and we don't even know it until we do. Can I say it that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, makes know, sense. Right? When I was a kid, I had a spiritual experience uh, when I was in, somewhere in middle school. 
And I asked God if God existed, and I had a, an experience. No, I didn't get words. I had an experience that was an absolute yes. And it was a loving, caring, intelligent energy that responded. And so I put that away. It's like nobody wants to hear from this 13-year-old girl. You're supposed to go to class and learn. You're not supposed to tell people this. Shut it down. I believe that stick, stuck with me. For me, it was, my sense is that there are certain things that needed to be accomplished in my life before the intuition kicked in again. I think that's the best way I can say it. People talk about bucket lists. So we may have things that we need to get done. And that is the way I think that I had to, there were some things about being on the Navy that had, that were real important to my soul progress. And when that got finished, when I got an association, there was a certain point where, okay, you got that done, but there is more. And then the there is more is when my intuition came back and kicked in and showed up. Do you feel like, um, I don't have a lot of experience with the military, so I just know from like very surface level, maybe stereotypical things, but I think of like, I imagine there's a lot of like programming just to keep people in line. And so has that been something to overcome? Like, it just seems like, oh, you're always being given orders. There's not a lot of like thinking for yourself. But with this type of work, you have to be a lot more open and a lot more in the flow. So has that been any sort of hurdle for you or has that been pretty natural? It's really interesting because I get that some version of that question a lot. Um, Yes, there are rules, and yes, there are commands, but um, at least my experience of the Navy, and I think most military people, I hope a lot will agree with me, the more important thing is to get the job done and figure things out, especially if you think, now, I wasn't on a ship, but here's the thinking. If you're on a ship and water starts coming in and you're in the middle of the ocean, you can't call somebody up and say, oh, could you come over here and fix this, please, for me? Take it to Jiffy Lube or something. You got to fix that thing right there and then. So people are the best of the military for me is that if we figure out how to get things done. And so there is thinking for ourselves, figuring out how to get things done, how to get them complete, how to meet a mission, even in spite of difficulty. And, and please, I was not on ships, but this is the sense I got for them. So if maybe there is... There may be something intuitive there where you go, what, where do we find a way out of this? What's the best way to move forward? The other thing that the military does, at least for me, is I got to travel to many different places outside of the United States. And there was something about opening up my mind to so many different cultures and even cultures within the United States. I think there was, an, at least for me, there was an opening of like, oh, there are a lot of ways that this world works simply. Those things supported my intuition. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Talk to us about animal transitions, because I understand that you specialize in animal transitions. We've already touched the death process, so maybe we stick with that. But there are, of course, other transitions, as you get a pet that's acclimating to the family and or acclimating to a different family or whatever. But what have you learned through your work about the dying process? Oh, my goodness, so much. I, I think I'm going to talk first about our own 
grief, we humans. I rewrote my book, Peace of Passing, when I realized that the transition processes wasn't when they were literally dying. It actually, for us, that started when we got that tough diagnosis or we saw that they were really declining. Like intellectually, we all know they don't live as long, but then you get the physical reality of it. And that's where our grief starts and our what ifs and our imaginings and how are we going to fix this starts. So one of the things I do tell people is to remember that they didn't, the animal did not hear the diagnosis. And that's something that's you're dealing with. I am not even making it smaller. It's huge. But if we spend more of our time being there and enjoying the, enjoying our animal and enjoying, enjoying whatever there is to enjoy with them while they're still in their bodies, that is a good place to be. I joke that the animals say, I'm not dead yet, you know, because we get into the grief and the sorrow and the whole thing. And Shakira Arrow said, well, I can only walk five feet, but let's go take a walk. And yeah. So where are you going to be? Are you going to be in your grief? Or are you going to say, okay, yeah, let's go out. I talked about Stella. I would say every day with Stella is a good day. So there's a mindset that we could bring into it along with our grief that will bring a lot more happiness through the process. There were a lot of modalities that people could look into these days that weren't around anymore. So I did talk about that too, because if you can keep them comfortable and happy and enjoying life, that is worth looking into, whatever it might be. And then at some point, you notice that you're probably moving into the hospice place where you're just keeping them comfortable until it's time. And that you can always ask them if to let you know when they're ready. Sometimes you'll just have that knowing. So I, some people choose to euthanize their animals. Some people choose to let them find their own route out. But either way, you can keep an eye on them and, and listen to what they're sharing with you. I had one woman whose dog was getting pretty close and wasn't ready yet. She said, just give me that look. And she said one day she woke and the dog looked her in the eye and she said, I just knew she was ready to go. So we did a good transition. Yeah. Wow. That's, it's so hard. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Can you share some myths that might get in the way of enjoying those senior years? I had talked about this myth at the beginning of our conversation, but I want to say it again. The myths that once they're gone, they're gone. They're not exalted enough to survive death like humans are. <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't meet the criteria. But the other version of that I heard was that, that their energy just, uh, the energy of who they are just floats up and goes back to creator and, and uh, who they are doesn't exist anymore. I have not found that should be true. I've been able to contact Anna. They do survive death and there is a personality there. There's a, I would say a soul. That's for me. That's a truth. There's a soul. There's a energetic being that survives death. So that's a big myth. I hope more people yeah. just go, and it causes so much grief. Another thought about that is that I don't think I've talked about this one too much, but they go over the rainbow and all they do is play and have fun. I have met some animals who decide to do some good work in the afterlife, which is pretty interesting to me. 
sometimes helping other animals who are transitioning and sometimes helping their people who did intuitive work here on the planet. They always became one of their guides or helpers, things like that. There may be more to the afterlife for our animals than we usually believe is possible. Thank you for that. And it's interesting to think of it from the relationship perspective that we have with them and like soul purpose, their purpose and our purpose. And because it for some people, like you've alluded to this, where it's like we try to do this with people, but it's so much easier with animals. And of course, every person is unique. So there are some people who just they don't really pay attention to animals and they're probably not listening to this episode. So but um But if there are plenty of people, I think, who do gravitate to animals and find it, like you say, it's so much easier to have that loving relationship with animals. I see hilarious like T-shirts and bumper stickers all the time where it's like, tell your dog I said hi. You know, it's like, what what does that say? That just says so much. Like, I pay attention to the animal and second are people. And so what kind of teachers are they? If we're oriented in that direction where it's like, oh, maybe it is hard to connect with a person, but then this animal comes in and it the barriers are different and the person can let down their barriers. And maybe that's a stepping stone for kind of opening them up more and exploring more of the inner workings of their love and their heart and their acceptance. That's huge. I think, yeah, it is. I think that there there's always a gift in our animals, particular beings coming to us. I think that's, maybe that's another myth somewhere along the way is that it's just a happy coincidence when we pick them up. It's just random, but I don't believe it. I believe they picked us as well as we picked them. Uh, and that there is a gift. And there, I think it's both ways because I think, I, I believe we both have a sole purpose and we're there for them and they're there for us. And my dog, it's, Stella was um, very good, I'm going to say this on the podcast, at supporting my husband during a lot of years in our marriage. And uh, when she came back to me, she said, and I felt um, chastised, but she said, I think you're grown up enough to be a good wife now. So I'm okay. With- oh. I'm like, yeah, I've done a lot of work about compassion and caring oh. for the guy. So yeah, I'm glad that Stella. To have that reflection. And, yeah. So she was there to keep the connection. I hope. Please don't judge me. <laughs> no, of course. Of course. We're, I mean, it's, actually, it says so much that not only have you done that work, but the vulnerability and the ability to own and be responsible for the version of you that was that. Yeah. That's, there's a lot of maturity in that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. But the dog, the dog's like, yeah, yeah, you're okay now. You can do it. You don't need me. Yeah. There with you guys. So that was lovely. Wow. That's beautiful. I love what you said, too, about their role in finding us, because I remember with the dog that I have now. So my Lucy that I've mentioned earlier had passed away and we waited a couple of months and came back from vacation. It felt like it was the right time to look for a dog. And we're we're like rescue dog family. So we don't. Yeah, you too. So I didn't, don't have like a breed that I look for a breeder or whatever. So I was just like working with my, like with spirit from a spiritual side saying like, can you make sure I get the right dog? 
help it be clear to me who is supposed to come into our family. And one night I had a dream. I can't remember if it was a dream or if it was just a visual kind of like as I was falling asleep. And I saw this dog with a black and brown face. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, black and brown face. And I, I, I don't remember if I wrote it down or whatever, but I remember as soon as I got up the next morning, my kids were eating breakfast. And I was like, you guys, I dreamt about this dog, this face, and it was black and brown. And they're like, maybe that's going to be our next dog. I'm like, maybe. Who knows? Well, then we did go on vacation. And my daughter and I, while we were on vacation, we kept kind of looking at the the rescue sites to see what was available. And I was originally trying to find this dog. And then over time, you know, it's like you just look at a few dogs and then it's like, oh, my God, look at this dog. It's so cute. You know, it's like I just go back to the 3D reality. So I put that aside and was really like looking at the descriptions of these dogs and the pictures of these dogs and like whittling it down from what was available. And there was one kind of like big, I think it was it was a lab mix and it was blonde. And so we had when we came back from vacation, we were we were sort of zeroed in on her because we weren't able to get a lot of information about we thought she might be at this one adoption event. And so I go in and I'm like going directly to the person I'm asking specifically about this dog. And they're like, oh, the foster family is going to keep that one. So meanwhile, the rest of my family's off looking at the other dogs that were at this adoption event. And, you know, my son had gone to one dog and was like, mama, look at these. And my daughter was off at another one. Look at these. And my husband was another place. And and all of a sudden I was there was one dog that and it was black, it had a black and brown face, but I didn't even remember about that. It was just the right sort of size and it was being quiet and it was super cute. And um, so like, well, what about this one? Like, can we look at this? And so we ended up getting that one and it wasn't until we took her for a walk around the block a couple of hours after we got home and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the dog. This is the dog I dreamt about. And would you believe it? Nobody can remember that I had that dream. They did not even remember. And I can remember plain as day, they were sitting there eating breakfast. I'm like, I told you about this black and brown face. They have no memory of it. And I'm like, dang it. At least I can know this. I've seen this dog's face before. But how beautiful that, you know, and and I loved that I had that amnesia for a while. And it wasn't just like this oh, this dog looks like, so I'm going to fit that into, you know, I'm going to like twist it and contort it until it fits what I think is supposed to happen. I loved that it was like this suspended and I got distracted and then didn't realize until later, like, oh my gosh, this is the one. That is so beautiful. It's so perfect. And I think that things transpire like the lamp wasn't available because that she wasn't the right. Sorry, she's not the right one for you. I also have a dream that happened for getting my new If I can share it, because I love Please. Love it. The night that my, the night before my dog Tibor passed away. And I think his, at that point, his soul had already left the body. And that's pretty, that's another story. But I don't think that's uncommon. They leave a little early. I had a dream that t- I know it's visual, but there's T. Oh. There's Stella. Oh. And then uh, our husky Mitsubishi who had passed 10 years previously. I was walking with them and Stella had already passed. 
Mitsubishi passed 10 years ago, and Tibor's on his way out. And we're walking around. There's a bunch of dogs just running all over the place. And there's this building that seems to be some kind of a recovery building. And all of a sudden, they're running around, and this little brown dog joins them. And they're all running around. And I'm like, wow, what was that about? And so kind of story like here, so we started looking for another dog when we were ready. And uh, the dogs that we thought were so cute were not available. And then there's this guy that is scared beyond scared. He's the most anxious dog I've ever met. But there was something about him finally. And it was, the, it was like the second or third time we'd gone. And we picked him up. And I said, I think this guy's the one. And that was new. And I looked at him after we got home and we made our decision to keep him. And it said, this is the dog that, that, the, that my pups were bringing to me. And what was, was so lovely is that Newt's anxiety was so high that the people who were fostering him out on a farm said they didn't think he was ever going to get home to rehold. Yeah, we were meant to be. And it was just, it's been so lovely to have this guy with us. Oh, I love that. I love the parallel stories here with the dream time. And yeah, that's beautiful. Dreams are good. So a lot of times yeah. the animals in the past will come in our dreams because we're more open. We're just yeah. we're there already, right? It's, right. Okay, so I got to say, if you ever have a dream of one of your animals who has passed or even who's still alive, you are having a con- real connection with them. That's not just a dream. That is something real going on. Don't push it away as your imagination. Just say thank you. Thanks yeah. for coming. In. I love it. Well, Mary Beth, this has been beautiful. Please tell people how they can connect with your work. Okay. So I the best thing to do is to go to my website, sacredgrowth.com, S-A-C-R-E-D-G-R-O-V-E.com. And I have I also have email marybeth at sacredgrove.com and those are the best way to get to know about me and see what I do. Thank you. And you mentioned your book. I do. I have us. Peace and Passing, Comfort for Loving Humans During Animal Transitions. Uh, there is a link on my website. It's also available on Amazon as far as I know, a couple other places. But... Beautiful. That's good. Thank you so much. What a beautiful discussion. Thank you so much for this time. It's been great. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to ask you for one quick favor, and that's to share this episode with one person who you think will benefit from it. Let them know you're thinking about them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.